You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Good morning, Kensington. It's so good to see you this morning. Well, you know you live in Michigan when you have a snowstorm on the same day as daylight savings time. So you guys get extra credit for being here an hour early and trudging through the snow. So I know many of us are probably online today. Those of you that are joining us online, we're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to you as well. We're gonna start today by singing just a couple songs about the nature of God and who he is. And one of the, one of the things that God is, is he's so generous. He's such generous, he's such a generous heart. In fact, in the scripture, we read this verse. It says that the promises of God are yes and amen. We're gonna sing a song that is based on that verse. And basically what that means is all the goodness, all the promises, all the truth comes from him. And then we just say, amen. We say, yeah, we agree with that. So if you can, would you stand with me and let's celebrate the promises, the faithfulness, the goodness of God this morning.
promises, God. Oh, so I will rest in your promises. My confidence, God, is in your faithfulness. Yeah, I will rest in your promises. My confidence, oh, my confidence is in your faithfulness.
You guys can have a seat this morning. Good morning, Kensington. We are so glad you're here today with us for the final Sunday in our series, The Generous Way. I'm Jackson, and I work with student ministries at the Birmingham campus. We love it when one of our buildings can be used for the community and not just for Kensington events. And that's happening soon. The Oakland County Sheriff's Office is hosting a response training for civilians at our Ornan campus from 7 to 9 p.m. on March 23rd. We know that in this new day, it's something we need to take seriously. That is why this event is free and for anyone in our community who wants to be trained in responding to active shooter situations. You can take part by registering now at kensingtonchurch.org slash response training. Beginning next week, we are starting a new series that will bring us right up to Good Friday and Easter with hearts wide open. It's called 12 Hours. We're going to look at the last 12 hours of Jesus' life before he was put to death on the cross. Here's Craig Mays to tell us more. When Jesus began to teach publicly, he spoke often about something called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Really, he was speaking about his kingdom. Nearly everyone misunderstood what he was talking about, from his closest followers, even his disciples, and those who eventually would become his enemies. He was not talking about a kingdom that was geographical or political. He was not talking about the use of force or violence that's typically used to demonstrate the power of a kingdom. This was a very different kind of kingdom, really an upside down kingdom. This is the kingdom that Jesus talked about, he illustrated, he told stories about, and most importantly, he lived out in terms of his own manner of life. In the end, the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of religion and politics came against him, and ultimately, they put him to death. As we move toward Good Friday and Easter, we are going to consider the last 12 hours of Jesus' life before he was put to death on the cross. From his arrest by a Roman battalion in the Garden of Gethsemane, to being questioned, mocked, and mistreated by the world's kingdoms of religion and politics, we will see the ways and values of this new kingdom come to life. Jesus' response to the anger and mistreatment and the violence directed toward him will reveal to us the true nature of his kingdom and powerfully show us how to live as we respond to the invitation of Jesus to follow him. series. And as helpful as Sundays are, we can all use a little boost during the week to help us in our faith journey. So we are super pumped to share with you on how this can happen for everyone. Our staff team has created extra experiences for this series, including an original devotional called 30 Days with Jesus. You can pick up this journal during next Sunday service or anytime during the series. You can also download the PDF version from our website. And for those of you who would prefer an audio version, we will have that available as well. We can't wait to go on this life-changing journey as a community while we reflect on the final hours of the life of Jesus. Again, thanks for being here as we finish our series on what the Bible says about living the generous way. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. How are you guys all doing? You guys awake? Wow, okay, you had a lot of coffee this morning. That's good, I like that. I like that energy. Somebody has to be energetic. Hey, how many of us are on our second cup of coffee already this morning? Absolutely, whoever thought about daylight savings, best idea in history, right? Um, But hey, I wanna welcome all of us here in the room. For those of you who are joining us via stream, wherever you are watching from, grateful that we could be together in this way. Hey, before I tell you a little bit more about where we are headed in the day, I also wanna tell all of us about an important opportunity that we have uh, to step into today. And as 
all of us know the situation that is happening in Ukraine continues to unfold and continues in many ways to get worse. And one of the things that I love about this community is that whenever there are crises, whether it's here in this area or around the world where people are in pain and they are suffering and they are hurting, the people in this community have always stepped up and have always asked, how can we move out? How can we help? How can we choose to love our neighbor? And when this situation in Ukraine began to unfold, so many of you asked those questions. But the issue was, was that our global partners, which are in various nations around the world, we didn't have a global partner operating in that region of the world. And what's important to understand about our global partners is, is that they are chosen prayerfully as well as carefully, and they are vetted very, very very well, because it is imperative to us that 100% of the funds that are given go toward the needs. And also there's transparency in regards to reporting. So we understand where the funds are going towards. And so when the situation in Ukraine began to take place and unfold, a team here at Kensington began to look at organizations, other organizations already on the ground, already established, who we could partner with. And we found a fantastic one called Send International. And so we are going to be coming alongside of the work that they are doing and financially supporting them. And just to give you an understanding of what SEND does, they actually have an extensive network of churches and leaders, not just in Ukraine, but also in the neighboring nations as well. And something that they have done is that they, in strategic locations in Ukraine, they have a set up uh, various uh, uh, just locations to be able to provide people who are fleeing the violence with food and water a safe place to stay for a night or two, as well as transportation towards the western portion of the country and really around the neighboring nations. And so this is an opportunity for us to come alongside what they are doing in a financial manner. And so if you would like to give to what is happening there, and this is a tangible way that we can really be able to love people thousands of miles away from us who are definitely hurting, that these are the ways that we can do so in a financial manner. The first is by going to the website kensingtonchurch.org forward slash Ukraine. We can also go to the app. You can also scan the QR code if you have your phone available. You can also text the word Kensington Special to the number 77977 as well. And they have a, they truly are, Send it really is a powerful organization. Steve has connections to that organization as well, and he can vouch for that as well. And so if this is something that you would want to consider, if this is something that we want to jump, you would like to jump into, we'd love for you to do that. But in addition to financial giving, what we also wanted to do is we want to continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. And so would you bow your heads with me? And let's do that right now. So Lord, we thank you, God, that you promise us as your people that when we are hurting, God, that you are in the midst of that. Lord, Lord you're in the midst of the situation and that you are with us. And so, Lord, we pray for the people in Ukraine, Lord, people still in that country and people who have fled. God, we pray that in this moment, Lord, that they would be able to know your presence in such a tangible way, who you are, your love, your care, your compassion, your grace, your mercy, your strength, your courage, all of that. God, recognizing, Lord, that they have been through so much. Their families have been through so much, Lord. And so, God, we pray, Lord, for peace in that region. God, we pray for the world leaders, God. We pray that you would give them courage and wisdom and humility, Lord, as this situation unfolds, God, and as this situation continues, God. But we thank you, Lord, that in these places, Lord, you continue to do work. And even in the midst of such tragedy, Lord, there continues to be beauty that also rises to the surface, God. And as your people, Lord, here 
in Troy, Michigan, God, thousands of miles away, we pray also, Lord, that you would show us, that you would reveal to us how you desire for us to love your people half a world away. Show us, Lord, how we can be your hands and feet, Lord, in this world. So we thank you, God, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So as I mentioned, we are in the third week of our series, The Generous Way. Steve Andrews is with us, and he is going to be up here leading us in the thought in a moment. But before he gets up here, we're also going to be watching a video that really speaks to where we're headed in the day, adds hopefully some humor, I think is a funny video. But before we even watch that video, I want to invite all of us, let's stand up, let's say hello to the people around us. done. Hey, get a receipt for that. Yes? Hi, my name is Danny, and I was just passing by your house, and I was wondering if you would like to donate to our fundraiser. I'd love to help, kid, but I'm out of cash. It's for a good cause. Like I said, I don't have any cash. Well, then it's a good thing that we accept checks. Unfortunately, I don't have my checkbook with me either. You're at home? Yes, so. So what do you do? Keep your checkbook in the wine locker at the Capitol Grill or something? No. I am out of checks. Not a problem at all. We take debit and credit card. Well, Chip reader, too. That's not what I was going to say. I lost my wallet. I'm very sorry to hear that, sir. But the good news is that we accept Square Cash, PayPal, or any Bitcoin you may have mined years ago. Bitcoin? Are you serious, kid? Yeah, I mean, you seem like a pretty resourceful guy, ahead of his time, someone who knows when to get in on the ground floor. You got a patch on that sash for patronizing. No, and they're merit badges. Yeah? Well, I missed the Bitcoin bubble, and my cell phone is gone. Can you believe that? You gonna get that? Get what? Your phone. I lost my phone. That's a medical device telling me I'm about to suffer a gout attack. Yeah, I can see that. What's that supposed to mean? Episodes of stress can cause attacks. Not stress. You should also watch out for diuretics, cyclosporine, levodopa, beta blockers, and even aspirin. You think those big words impress me? No, but my geriatrics merit badge should. Avoid sugary foods, too, like ice cream, candy bars, fast food, martinis, even beer. Geriatric? And you know, a surprisingly effective treatment for gout is hot yoga, especially try pranayama's postures. Geriatric? Really? I'm 56 years old. I earned my early retirement. 
What have you ever done with your life, kid? Retired, that's great, sir. Since you don't have any money to give, but have plenty of time on your hands, we have lots of opportunities for you to volunteer. Oh, I would love to, really. But I have hot yoga classes coming up. In fact, this is probably my instructor right here. Namaste! Hey, hey! <laughs> Come on, that's that is super funny, I man. I, I don't know. I was uh, sometimes our team is so creative, but that is that's Josh Baccarella. I just he's been acting here since he was like three years old, so he's pre, he's pretty darn good. Well, it's good to be here today, and um, I want to just recognize that it's been a I don't know about you, but it's been a very emotional week for me. Uh, last Sunday was extremely emotional. I loved, I just loved how much you guys and and people messages just loving on Danny and I uh, just want to remind you to be praying for him in the next few months as he's kind of listening to God and leaning into stuff that God is directing him to do. And I'm excited to, to hear back from him in a few months to see what God is doing. But there was a real sense of lament. And right after that happened, Andrew and I jumped on a plane and flew to California for this Asian American civil rights tour, which was incredibly exhausting. Don't ever go on a trip that Andrew's leading. He is, he's a complete tyrant. I mean, we were up at six every morning, going late and debriefing at 11 o'clock at night, California time. And then we knew we were coming back here for, I was just so happy that today was daylight savings time. It's just wonderful. <laughs> Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. So, um, in the midst of all that, it was, uh, again, I've been thinking about this series for all of us, and I, we've, we've done this, a tithe challenge before, we're going to do it, we're going to finish the day with it. We've done it and had some incredible responses from people through the years, but I kept thinking about the title of this series, The Generous Way. The, why do we love Danny? Because he just lived with such generosity towards us. I think back of all the people in my life, I, I Told, told the last service, we were five years into this church and probably had um, almost 2,000 people coming. And Mark and Kelly Nelson and David Ann Wilson were still in the top 10 of givers in this church <laughs> after five years. And if you know how much they made, you would have laughed. But it was just, I was just thinking, my whole life, I've just been surrounded by people that live the generous way. And when I'm here, that's exactly how I feel in this room. This is how, the reason you're here is because God is moving in your heart to live this way. And it's so opposite of kind of this world that we find ourselves living in that nobody knows what to do with. People that are young don't know what to do with it. People that are old. I mean, I have grandchildren that are under the age of 10 trying to figure out how to build their YouTube channel. You know, and, and, then, and then we're all enamored with certain people that are, that their whole presence in the world is about them. And it's, it's like, how do we even live this? And it's funny, I saw this in the church world the last 10 or 15 years where there are ministers and Christian leaders building their brand. And what I'm seeing is it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well for them because God, God didn't really intend for us to be that way. 
You know, people, Jesus started his ministry and they said, who is, who is this guy? He says, we know who your mother is, but we don't know, we don't know who your father is. And Jesus walked and, he, and even when the crowds got crazy, what did he do? He withdrew from them. And I thought in this world, what does a generous way of living look like? Well, we're surrounded by it, by people. Andrew and I got to meet incredible Korean, Japanese, Chinese, uh, American believers who are living unbelievable lives of impact. And when I think back through the years, I think back to my, my mom and dad. I, I've told this many times, but when I was five years, five or six years old, I was learning to add and subtract. My dad let me watch him pay monthly bills with the big checkbook. And it's funny, every year that I've told this, people know less and less, but the checkbook was literally this big. I'm not kidding you. Like, like two feet by maybe 18 inches. And it was awesome. And you got a check like, you know, I can remember writing check like, you know, to goldsmiths for clothes and all this stuff. But certain things you learn that are imprinted on you when you're a boy, I realized that as he would start the night where he pays monthly check, that the first check was always the first evangelical church in Memphis, Tennessee. It was this 10% tithe check. And his next check was always to Young Life International, which Young Life is a ministry to reach high school kids for Christ. And his next check was for, to Campus Crusade for Christ, a, a couple that we were supporting in Italy. And he would go on down, and I would always remember that the first 10 to 12 checks of every month were, were giving away. And then I realized that much of my dad's life, he gave 50% of, his in, of our income away which in later life, I could have used, no, 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 I could have used some of that. Uh, no, you, it was just an amazing life of generosity, but this is what we, we've learned over time. Generosity is the most attractive thing in the world. When people give their lives, you wanna be with those people. You ever talking with, do you know anybody that when they talk to you, they make you feel like you're the only person in the world? That, well, that's, that's generosity. That's like, in this moment, I'm gonna give my full focused attention on you and see you as a valuable, I'm gonna see you. When we think about all the struggles in our country and around the world between peoples, so much of it comes down to the fact that we're not willing to see people, engage, know people. Justin Warrens, who, who wrote this message, actually said that uh, uh, he found a recent study by the Templeton Institute called The Science of Generosity, and they've done studies of tens of thousands of people, and this is what they learned. You're gonna go, well, yeah, everybody knows that. Generosity of time, effort, or goods actually increases your lifespan. You wanna live longer? Then be more generous. People that are, just do this right now. Close your hands and squeeze them, okay? Everybody. Those, I can see through the, through the, Squeeze for a minute. How does it feel after 10 seconds? Keep, come on, keep it squeezed. Are you squeezing? Come on, I'm gonna come out there. And... This hand is registered as a deadly weapon in the state of Michigan, sorry. But just squeeze. It, it feels terrible. After a while, you're just like, okay, and everybody shake it out. Okay, we're gonna run five miles now. No, but it doesn't, grasping, holding on is a miserable way to live. And you know what I realized? You can't hang on to anything anyway. One second after you're dead, what is your net worth? You know, we got some good men. 
future PhD mathematicians right over there, zero. And so generosity lengthens our life and it expands our mental and physical health. Secondly, you should know this, generosity is contagious. It impacts not only your health, but communities, workplaces, neighborhoods. And this is interesting. Kids in the room, children are more naturally generous. And what happens is we get older, we lose our generosity mindset. Because we start getting about anxious, are we going to have enough? Are we going to have the safety net we need? And we start, we start holding in, and then, and then we begin to live this shrinking life. It's absolutely amazing to me that we know this is true, and yet we still hang on. And I want, want you to know something. In all, I've never done this talk of this scripture that I'm going to share with you right now in all the years in Kensington, but it's, there were actually three tithes in, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel. They had a 10% tithe to the temple for the work, God's worship, and people would come from around the country to worship. It was kind of the center of worship. There was about a 10% tithe of an annual celebration party where the people would come together just to celebrate the goodness of God and they'd have enough food and drink for a week. People knew how to, really didn't know how to celebrate back then. Weddings usually lasted a week. It's an incredible way of living and celebrating community. But there was a third tithe, a third offering, and this was the tithe of your harvest. Now, this is a, again, Leviticus is a book that everybody's ever started, says it's boring. But if you look at the context, parts of it are pretty amazing. This is one of them. God is saying to the people of Israel, by the way, he's gonna say this to them while they're landless. This instruction was given to a homeless people. They were wandering desert waste. God was giving them manna. Remember, we've talked about that a few months ago. They didn't, they didn't have anything. They had been slaves in Egypt for 500 years. They didn't even have land to plant crops on. And so this instruction is all the more fantastic. Fantastic in, in, in the meaning being kind of unbelievable. He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord, your God. You know why he said that last phrase, I'm the Lord, your God, I'm Yahweh. This would, would have been, I am Yahweh, right? The God of, of all gods. The, the, the eternally existent one is with, with the core meaning of the word. He, because it's like, there's no way they're gonna do that unless God told them to do it. You're not gonna leave a 10th or or more of your harvest just sitting out there rotting. But he says, do it, and do it for the person that was like you, a slave, homeless, propertyless. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. And then he goes on, talk about the generous way. I wanna challenge you on, a diff- on another way today that I, I don't think I've ever done this in, in, a, in a generosity challenge series that we did, but I wanna say this. Look at this, verse 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. You know, one of the most needed things today for all of us in this room is the release of every drop of bitterness and resentment that we have in relationships with people. 
Lewis Smedes in his book, Forgive and Forget, he said, unforgiveness towards other people is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. This is what this, because resentment and bitterness are the opposite of the generous way. I had a, I've had some really powerful conversations in the last few months with people that I needed forgiveness from. Man, and to ask forgiveness and receive it is a powerful thing. And then to say, as far as I know, I'm not carrying an ounce of resentment against any other person. Now, I know some people are struggling, I think more of my failings towards other people, but is it, wouldn't that be an incredible generosity to say, I'm gonna forgive and I'm gonna forget. I'm not gonna hold anything against you. I see this in my family, my family of origin, my brothers and sisters, cousins, nephews, friends. It's so easy to forsake the generous way. The generous way is to say, I want you to be free to do what God's calling you to do. And if I've hurt you in some way, I would like for you to forgive me so that you can go forward in strength and energy. Does that make sense? I see this everywhere. Look again at this verse, just a couple of observations. In verse nine, he says, when you reap the harvest of your land. Remember, this harvest, he was saying, leave go of stuff you've worked yourself to the bone for. Like you've just, you've just laid your guts out and now you're gonna leave a big chunk of it and let people have it freely. That was so counterintuitive. And he says, don't, no. When you cultivate, when you plant the crop rotations, the long days, when your children are out there working, remember to be generous. Look at this. It says, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. They were literally cut corners. That was the kind of the theme today is cultivate the corners of your crop for other people. At least begin there. You say, well, how do I live a generous life? Well, just... Begin to share something of who you are freely with other people without expecting in return. Could be given a portion of your money, a portion of your service. Bobby Core, great old, great guy here. Old, he's an electrician, and like every year in, uh, part of his year in giving, he goes, "This sheet of paper is good for a thousand a thousand dollars of free elect electrical work for Kensington." You know, and he's pretty, he's old. He's, he's using, a, using the, four, the four stand, you know, now. But he still has got electrical skills. I'm saying it's just the spirit of a generous life. And then, most importantly, to leave them for the poor and the foreigner. And several times, he repeats this all through the Old Testament. He says, because remember, you were poor and you were a foreigner. Nobody cared about you. And people in that situation find it hard to be generous. This tour that Andrew and I just took, Tyrant, where is he? He's slipping the back? Okay, I'm gonna bring him up on stage in a minute. He planned this phenomenal trip. Part of the trip was to go to Manzanar, which was the largest Japanese internment or concentration camp that we created for Japanese Americans. And we put them all over the United States. 130,000 Japanese Americans lost their jobs, their homes, their livelihood, were in prison for three years, right? even though government studies that were kept from the American people showed that they were no threat to American security. 
We still did it. But here's what I learned. I'm like a kindergartner talking about this because everything I learned I didn't know. I'm just curious. How many of you have ever heard of the 442nd? The 442nd Infantry Regiment. Okay, I'm looking over here. It's got one, two. Anybody in the back? Okay, how about in here? Anybody? How about over here? Okay, on the stream, how many of you? Uh, six. Okay, they're smarter than we are. Okay. The 442nd Infantry Regiment was an all-Japanese-American regiment made up of uh, young men who uh, were from Hawaii and Japan. All those that were on the mainland were pulled out of these internment camps. So they literally, were, each, each person was allowed to take one suitcase of luggage or one duffel bag. That's all they could take. And then other people moved in to, the, to these areas of the United States and took it. But the American government came to, came to these young Japanese men and said, if you want to, we'll give you an opportunity to fight for our country and fight for our freedom. And so 12,000 young Japanese American men volunteered. The 442nd Infantry Regiment was 4,000 young Japanese American men who were fighting in the European theater, mostly in Italy, southern Germany, uh, different, different parts of southern Europe. And um, while their parents were imprisoned, their grandparents, their wives, their children, so a country that was treating them as enemies, they were giving their life for. Well, here's the thing that's incredible. I'm like, how did I not know this? You can can wiki this, you can look up. There's hundreds of articles. The 442nd Infantry Regiment, guys, became the most decorated military unit in the history of the American military. Per the number of the 4,000 that were in there, they had the largest number of casualties, dead and wounded. They had the largest number of Medal of Honor winners and Purple Hearts of anything. And they were fighting for a country that didn't want them. I think, I don't know about you, but I was, I was floored. And then I thought about what Jesus said. Jesus said, by the way, their motto was go for broke. Their go for broke was their motto. And it, it reminded me of what Jesus says. Remember that fits with the Leviticus. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. In other words, what? Give every part, live generously with the God who has created you. Give everything you've got, right? And then he says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Almost is the same way you love God, Love your neighbor, pour your life out. So there's no commandment greater than these. Then later, Jesus would say, there's no greater love than to give your life for a friend. But that's not even enough for what I'm talking about. It isn't until the apostle Paul in Romans says that when we were his enemies, Christ died for us. And I thought this 442nd Infantry Regiment I think it's the first story I ever, I've ever read of a military endeavor where people were giving their lives unselfishly for a country that considered them enemies. I, I honestly cannot think of another story. And I thought, I'm 65 years old. Why have I never heard this 
It's, in, it's incredible. And I thought, this is the way to live. And there's one story. Uh, George Takei, um, you know him as uh, Sulu from Star Trek, the old guy. He actually tells one of these stories. You can, you can listen to it in a TED Talk. But he said, there was a, a German uh, infantry position on the side of this mountain that was just filled with sniper nests and machine gun pits. And they, uh, they had held off the Allied advance for weeks there was a, a group, a, a small group from the 442nd that decided that they were gonna come up the backside of the mountain and come over the top of this place that had been held off for weeks. They finally got over the top and they overtook this position in 20 minutes. But that's not the story I want you to remember. They had to free climb a thousand feet of sheer cliff and they had to do it in the dark. And as they climbed, I don't know how many it was, but as they climbed, friends would hear their friends slip off the mountain and every time fall a thousand feet silently to their death. Because if they made a noise, the Germans would be noticed that they were coming over the backside of the mountain. And so as they climbed, they heard guy after guy slip and fall. Not a sound. Greater love has no one that you give your life for your friend, but even more powerful, Jesus came and loved us and gave up generously all of himself when we were his enemies, when we were far away from him. These are the stories that are worth remembering and saying, how can I live? This is the way to live. Probably seeing that in the Ukraine right now. People that are living there might even be Russian soldiers who object to what they're doing that are finding some way to live generously in an impossible, I don't know, but I'm telling you it's everywhere and it changes the world. That's why this gleaning is so powerful along the way, this vision of generosity. And here's what was so cool about this story about the gleaning. God was saying to the people of Israel, I want you to predetermine this. I want you to decide ahead of time what you're gonna be. On the flight home yesterday, I watched King Richard. Story of Richard Williams. Probably the greatest sports story in the history of American sports. That a guy dreamed that his two daughters would be the world's greatest tennis players before they were conceived. Come on, that's crazy. Everybody thought he was crazy. And he had this plan and he worked and he did it in the streets of Compton while he, he, he'd be walking his kids back to this Volkswagen van after tennis bracket and the, and the Crips would beat him up. But he predetermined that he was gonna do something. And I wanna say to you today, like for, let's say you don't even believe in God, you think Jesus is a I just say, even the one simple principle say predetermine that you're gonna do something. Like make a decision, you're gonna do it today and then go for it. It changed the world. I remember after being reconnected with the Pocot, and I felt like God said, Steve, until the day you die, and if Kensington will help you, all the better. said, don't stop until every Pocot, all one million have clean water. And every Pocot village has a church, and every Pocot community has a school. And then we continue to create pathways to high school and to college. 
and to Bible college for this incredible group of people. And that's just the beautiful diversity of one people group that we work with. But I'm saying if you determine ahead, even if you fail, you make progress toward a goal that's worth your life. We have 400,000 Pocot that have clean water. We probably have 750,000 that don't. But if we hadn't predetermined this goal, there wouldn't be anybody with clean water. So what's God saying to you about your predetermined generosity to break the chains of greed, to break the chains of fear that hold us down? It's funny, Bobby Core reminded me of a prayer that Steve Norman taught us years ago. I mean, it's like 18 years ago that it was, Lord, help us to overcome the fear that stops us from following you because the fear just freezes you. And so we're going to ask you to consider generosity challenge. A million more things I'd love to share today, but I want to bring Andrew up because last week we were going to do a video and uh, come on, bud. We had a video that we showed to all of our campuses where Andrew was the featured, uh, featured story in that, um, talking about uh, he and Robin. And by the way, Robin and the kids are here today to hear. So, hey, don't mess up. Uh, just, just kidding. Words of inspiration, always. <laughs> we've, always. Had, we've had so much fun. I've been ripping on him all week. He's so sick of me. You know, we got off the plane yesterday. He goes, yeah, I got it. Because I got to see you tomorrow again. Yeah, yeah, you do. I've never ever seen somebody <laughs> be yelled at by a flight attendant, and I actually wasn't there, but he did. So he almost didn't make it to LA. She was extremely mean to me, but I forgive her. I forgive her. No, I was I was one I was one row behind emergency exit, so I didn't think she was talking to me. I thought she was talking to the row in front of me. She's like, hey, would you take your earbuds out and listen up? Like, Yes, ma'am, I'm going to listen right now. I'm going to be a good boy. Oh, yeah, thanks for rejoicing yes, in my absolutely. suffering. Yeah, I appreciate it. Always. So in this, we're going to ask people, and hopefully everybody's got one of these ushers to bring them down if you did, but we've done this a few, over the years a few times. But for you, your story, our stories are so diametrically different, right? I grew up, my dad was a doctor, never wanted for anything, and so, and then my dad was, especially my dad, my mom too, but especially my dad just had this extravagant generosity and a spirit of adventure that uh, took us all. By the way, speaking of my dad's adventure, Send, Send International, the group that we're going to uh, partner with in Ukraine, that was originally Far Eastern Gospel Crusade. And my dad was a doctor in post-war Japan. My dad actually operated on the emperor in post-war Japan and on, 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 and on Tojo. Uh, who, who they recovered, who was being tried for war crimes. So my dad lived this really interesting life, but uh, he was at the first meeting of the Far Eastern Gospel Crusade. Got pictures of, I've got little black and white pictures where about, a, I was about 100, 150 GIs and uh, were there to form, officially form uh, a ministry, the post-war to bring the message of Jesus Christ to Asia. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, that's, that's all. But but you lost your dad at age four to cancer. Your mother worked every day, like super worth ethic, working long hours. Do you remember uh, um, the, um, there was this little tiny flower shop in San Francisco that two days ago, it was just like right in a storefront. And I thought of your mom and I, you were way ahead of me. And I wanted to stop and ask you if that's what it looked like. Would it have been kind of yeah, like I'm sure that? Yeah, it did. It was in an office building. Yeah, and it was just right yeah. kind of tucked in. Mm -hmm. 
So, so you grew up, things were tight and there was no safety net, didn't feel like. And so coming to Christ, trusting God with your financial resources was a big deal. Yeah. Can so, you talk just about that? Yeah, absolutely. So generosity is something that I've struggled with for so, so long uh, in my life and probably something that um, if you struggle with it, I definitely relate uh, because as Steve mentioned, my mom's single parent uh, for most of my life, immigrant, small business owner, worked every single day for 20 plus years, never got a break. Um, and so we didn't have a lot. And I still remember one of the things that I mentioned in the video. By the um, way, just to add to that, yeah, your absolutely. mom did all the purchasing. Yeah. So she not only had, had to do the purchasing, then the preparing, then the arranging, yeah. then the selling. I yeah. mean, it was never, it was so never like ending. A one person, it was a one per, literally a one person business, one person show. And yeah. it was just her. And so we didn't have a lot. And so, and I knew that as a very young kid. And my kids are over there and they're eight and 10. But I remember at their age going to the grocery store and thinking to myself, going down, say the cereal aisle and thinking, hey, you know what? I want the Lucky Charms and I want the brand name, but I can't get that because we can't afford that. And so if I want something, I have to get the generic brand, which is literally called No Name, or I can't get it at all. And I remember just different items in the grocery store. When I go even right now, just thinking to myself, hey, you know what? I couldn't buy that. I can't buy that. I have to buy it in a certain form because we just didn't have a lot. And so when I grew up, I had that mentality of you got to hold on to things tight because you don't have a lot. And so if you choose to actually live a life like this and stuff just starts going out and money starts going out, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay? How are you going to make ends meet? How are you going to provide not only for yourself, but also for your family? And so it was a big shift for me to really be challenged in regards to generosity. Yeah. But you, were, you, you made a great choice. I'm not sure about Robin, but she, at least, you, at least <laughs> she, she, uh, you made a great choice. Uh, you talked about her generosity. What was it like living with someone who is so freely generous. Yeah, it definitely challenges me because my wife, Robin, she would give away everything that we had. If, and I was like, that's amazing. But uh, that's not exactly, that's far out of my comfort zone. But one of the times that really challenged me is that, and I say this, is that you all have been some of my greatest teachers. And when I, I remember when we first got here about a little more than four years ago, I was sitting right over there and we were in the midst of a campaign. Yeah. And Danny Cox was up here just challenging us just to say, hey, you know what, pray and ask God, what is your, what is God asking you to do? How is he asking you to be involved? And just simply to say yes. And that's what we're asking for the generosity challenge, for us to just simply to say, God, how do you want me to be involved? And for us to just simply say yes to however he's directing us. But I remember... God giving me a number and saying, hey, this is how much I want you to give. And I was like, no way. Are you kidding me? That's way too much. That's, I'm not comfortable with that. But I took that step and along these four years, just really taking small step after small step because it's a journey. It's a process. We don't get from here to here overnight, but it's small steps taken over years and decades. And I mentioned this in the previous service. You've been one of my greatest teachers as well because you talk about the fact that you can have it all if you give it all away. And these aren't just words that you say. You've actually lived this out, not only in the context of this community, but also in your own personal life. And I've seen yeah. the beauty that has Thank come you. out of it. And honestly, you're not materially wealthy, but you are one of the wealthiest people that I know in regards to your relationships and the beauty that you are able to experience in your life. And it really directly is the fact that you've lived like this. Yeah, it's, it's a generous way should almost be called the a wealthy way because it just you just feel the joy of friendship and love just sit out in the lobby and talk and hang out and realize that following Christ just opens the world up in an, in an amazing way uh, one of the things that I'm so thankful to you is showing me this journey where we spend a lot of time in Japantown and Koreatown in LA the Japanese American Museum and little Tokyo LA which was 
if you ever get a chance to go there, unbelievable story. And, and you will not know 98% of it. It's just incredible. And then Chinatown in San Francisco, Manzanar, Angel Island. Um, but the most powerful thing was the people we met, people like Harry Chuck, uh, was a Presbyterian, Chinese Presbyterian minister in Chinatown. He's 86 now. And it was like being with Jesus, man. It was really emotional. And he was so quiet and so humble. And all he's done is just give his whole life away. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way to live. Well, I want you to help me with this, but I, I wanna, I'd like for everybody to pull this out now, if you have it. Would you pull it out? Let me see it so I know you got it. If you don't have it, the ushers are gonna come down and you, you'll be able to see them and you'll be able to raise your hand. Um, this is how we're gonna finish, finish the day uh, with a song and we're gonna ask for a response. We've got some offering, uh, what do you call it? Boxes, boxes. offering boxes. I'm not used to that. And uh, you'll be able to drop them in. But here's what I want you to know. We are in the midst of a challenge and, and uh, you can go online to have it further explained by Andrew on the video that we shot, but it's a challenge for 90 days to really test God to live generously. Raise, raise your hand if you need one, the gang's coming down. Um, to give a predetermined percentage of your income for 90 consecutive days. Now my challenge would be to give 10% of your, <clears throat> for me it was always 10% of my gross income and then Paul and I had the goal of 10% more of our gross income to go to missionaries and other things at Kensington like Hope Water and other things above and beyond our regular giving. But to say, if God is nudging you to make this step and you have the, you have the sheet in front of you, if you're watching online, uh, it's kensingtonchurch.org forward slash challenge. I got that wrong, forward slash challenge. And uh, a lot of you, thousands of you have the Kensington Church app. You can do it on there as well. But it's simply this. If you take this challenge, whatever it is, and at the end of 90 days, from April 1st to June 30th, you think it was a bad decision, we'll give you your money back. We did this, uh, I think, four or five years ago was the last time, and we had about 15 people at the end said, hey, it really wasn't good for me. I ended up having some financial catastrophes, and we just the money went back. I, I never saw it. It just went right to our accounting department, no questions asked, right back. Um, and, uh, but there were hundreds of others, a few thousand others who did it. And we got a huge, huge, huge feedback that it was a great experience. And so there are five ways, um, there are literally five responses. I'm just going to read them out. The first box to select could be 10% for 90 days, which would be great. If you've never done that, test God. That's what he said. Test me, bring a tithe, do it, see what God does. The second option would be, I'm gonna increase my giving by X percent. Maybe you're giving 2% and God's challenging you to go to five or go from six to seven or, or zero to, to one. Actually, that's the third one. I will start giving a percentage of my income. Maybe you've never given intentionally, weekly, daily. One of the things I love about the app and about electronic giving is my tithe goes in every two weeks regardless. Don't have to think about it. I love that. Um, but that would be uh, box number three. Box number four, I'll continue to give 10% of my income or more. And I actually felt a nudge by the Spirit when I was down there in the first service. That's a box I checked. And uh, I felt like God was telling me to do more in this 90 days and see see what happened. I didn't want to do it, honestly, but I felt like it was nudging. And then the last one is no thank you. And I want to challenge you. If your answer is no thank you, like, well, I don't feel like I'm a part of Kensington or I just don't want to do it at this time. My faith is not there. 
fill that out and put your name and just let's, there'll be some people that'll be confidentially praying for your life, not for your, for your money or for you to give, but just what you give. You might be, no, thank you. I'm just not ready to do that at time. And then tear it off. And we have offering boxes in these two corners. I thought we had one, didn't we? Is there one over there? I can't see from that light. Yeah. And there's one coming down here and then there's going to be, there's, there's two right at the, the exit doors there. And that may, there may be more. Is there more? Yeah. There's one at every entrance and every exit okay. and then one up front. So what do you want to say to yeah. the people you love here? This is what I want to say this. is that it really is not about Kensington and really it's about our hearts. And for some of us, whether we're here in the room or we're watching on stream, this may be really, really scary to even go from giving nothing to maybe something. But as somebody who struggles with this still to this day, if you take that step from personal experience, what we will experience on the other side is something that is so much greater than I truly believe that money can give us. And so the encouragement is, is not to go from zero to 100, but what is the step today that God is asking you to take? And if it's nothing, great. If God is inviting you to give to another organization, great. Give to that other organization because it's not about giving to Kensington. It's simply about giving and for us to start doing this with the resources that God has given us because it's all is his anyways. And so it's to really ask the question, Lord, with what you have given me, how do you actually want me to use it to create a more beautiful world? That is what we desire to happen. Something beautiful in our hearts. And so that we could truly partner with what God is doing, not only in us, but through us as well. And so Nate and the band, they're going to lead us in a song. And during that song, we want to invite you. Think about it. If you haven't already, pray about it. Fill out this card. And whatever your response is, at the end of this song, Nate is going to invite you. And at the beginning of the next one, he's going to invite you to come forward. And whatever your response is, bring this. Or backwards. And bring it and place it in the box. And we want to invite you to make that decision today and to respond in that way today. Great. Lord, thank you. Um, it just, it really is such an honor to get to, to follow you, to know that we're loved, that you came for us when we were far away. We didn't appreciate you. We didn't care that you had come, but you came in love and you came in forgiveness and you came in generosity and you had nothing. You didn't even have a pillow for your head, but you gave us everything. And so Lord, we... I think there are a lot of us in this room and on stream. We want to be a part of this great adventure. We know how flawed we are. We know how weak our faith is. But to live the generous way is amazing. It doesn't mean lack of pain, but it means a life filled with the richness of meaning and purpose and love and of expanding our horizons and seeing the beauty of the world and the diversity of people and of seeing your heart for all the peoples of the earth, something we long to live and experience together. And so I just pray you nudge brothers and sisters right now here and on stream. All of our other campuses are doing this right now. We thank you for what you're going to do in people's hearts and through them. In Jesus' name, amen. You're not looking for perfection. <laughs> 
how it impacts our heart. It's amazing how much joy, amazing how much peace and how much grace is released. So hopefully you've had time to think about the, your response on, on this tear off. And during this next song, we're gonna invite us as a community, we're stepping out as a community to, to put these as an act of our faith, as an act of our solidarity, as an act of, as a community to say, hey, this is, we're, gonna, we're gonna follow a generous way. So if you have your tear-offs ready during this next song, I encourage you to go ahead and step out right from where you are and deposit them. We have the two down here and then those in the back as well. But let's celebrate the goodness of God as we respond together.
tell you, absolutely incredible. Stay standing. I was thinking in all my life, I'll, I'll sing of the goodness of God. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, every one of us in this room, everyone on stream, think of five years from now or 10 or 20 or in some cases, 70 or 80 or 90 years from now, some of you still be singing of the goodness of God because of his faithfulness in our lives. You know, my grandmother died three months before her 100th birthday. She got a common cold and then turned into pneumonia. She couldn't fight it. It was a week after we dedicated this building 23 years ago. She was like sitting right there. She's an amazing woman. Widowed for 71 years. Raised three girls. Uh, ended up with... Uh, 15 grandchildren, 45 great-grandchildren. She's like at 120 great-greats now. She's, she's been gone for about 20 years. On her deathbed, uh, I was up here. My mom and dad were here, but about 20 of my family were gathered around his bed, around her bed singing. And she couldn't sing because she couldn't get any oxygen, you know, at the end. But they were singing for her of the goodness of God, right? And the faithfulness that she had seen in her life her husband was killed in a plane crash three months before the stock market crash of 1929. Lost everything, raising three little girls under the age of five. And she saw the goodness of God her whole life. And on that last two hours of her life, three things happened. A new nurse walked in. And she grabbed the nurse with her, with, by the wrist because she knew she was new. And she said in gasping breath, pause between words. She said, honey, do you know Jesus? That was an hour before she died. A few minutes later, she looked at 20 or so of the family that were gathered around, jammed into the hospital room, and she said, stay in the word. Like stay with Jesus and stay in the scripture, stay in the word. And the last thing she said, I love you all. This is the goodness of God to your last breath. Like what's stopping us from living the generous way? Like I, we're just simply saying live the best way. Any other way is so empty along the way, but to shake off the fear and let Jesus Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit fill you up. It's, it's fun how Nate and, Nate and his wife Kat have come and just, they just, you breathe the generous way. I just love it. I love being, being around this, this community to see what God will do along the way. If you've still got a card, you haven't turned it in, I encourage you to mark one of those five boxes, whichever one you mark. Do it as God directs, drop it in, and let's continue to see what God does, okay? We'll be back for 12, starting 12 hours next Sunday. Look forward to seeing you guys here, okay? See you. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and, of course, at Kensington Church dot org.